Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Lakers lose game one. I had a, a stat yesterday for the Knicks-Hawks game. Somehow we... No, I'm just saying when I said it. I didn't say it on this air. I said it on a different network, the MSG yeah. Network in New York. And I, and I said that the winner of game one in a best of seven in NBA history wins the series 75% of the time. Does that stat make you nervous, Keith? No. Not at all. No. No, because we... All right, how about this? Did Anthony Davis's performance, or lack thereof, make you nervous? No. No. Did not. No. Anthony Davis, if you look at Anthony Davis a year ago when we won the championship in the bubble, he struggled in game one. I mean, that's just... In the first games, it's just for whatever reason, maybe there's something to what... Uh, Jay was saying earlier, maybe the crowd was, the, you know, too loud and he was not focused in the way he should have been. Maybe it takes some getting used to. But I'm not, I'm not worried about him because he knows that all eyeballs are watching his ass. And if he doesn't come to the party in game two, mm. it could get ugly for him amongst L.A. Laker fans. And that's not what he wants. I mean, he's struggled. Even after winning a championship? It, absolutely. It gets ugly. Oh, absolutely, because he's our future. How about does it get ugly with LeBron, who, as you know, with teammates who fail him? No, no, because I think his relationship is different than most relationships he's had in the past with some of his teammates. This relationship is more like a D-Wade relationship that he had. Really? Yeah. That level? Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to remember. That's pretty strong. He got the kid to leave New Orleans to join him and switch agents. Yes. Prior to him leaving New Orleans, right. yeah. he switched agents but see, to join LeBron. So the relationship is like they're colleagues, and you think that they're on the same level because they both play for the Lakers. LeBron is big brother, right? I mean, he's big brother, so he's looking but, out for little brother. But, Key, that, that's exactly why the relationship is not like D-Wade and LeBron. Because LeBron is the big brother, and you called AD the kid. That that's where there's like, hey, I'm helping you mold about what the future is going to be. Whereas D Wade was essentially that to Bron, right? Yeah. Like that. The, but but that, that's where it is. It's different. Like, and here's the question I have: like watching the game, Key, and you and I, like we were texting. I, I said before the game, I just want to see AD be nasty. Like when AD is nasty. That's a different Anthony Davis. When I see Anthony Davis taking fadeaway jump shots against DeAndre Ayton, and I see Ayton with 16 rebounds, and I see Anthony Davis with, like, you know, what? How many rebounds he had? Seven? I'm just like, I want to see AD be way more aggressive. I want to see him take the mantle. And, look, it came down to them. Like, they were horrible from the three-point line, too. Like, that hurts them. They shot 26%. So, if you can't make threes and you're shooting fadeaway jumpers, like – you know, you're, you're not going to beat Phoenix. And I said it before, I think, I think it's going to go six games. I still think the Lakers are going to win, but it's going to be a fight, man, because Phoenix believes they can win. This dude, man. Yeah, what? Just, what, what? He was just watching the highlights. And oh, he's turning around, spinning. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Exactly what, but exactly what Jay said. It just it didn't look like an aggressive Anthony Davis. 13 points on 5 of 16 shooting ties his career low in a postseason. So AD, though, was not ducking the criticism. In fact, he did blame himself and said, this can't happen if we're going to win this series. There's no way we're winning a game, let um, alone a series, you know, with me playing the way I play. So, I mean, this was on me. Um, I take forward responsibility for sure. Um, it would be better game too. Yeah, I've never seen him have on two. St- 
I've never seen him have two stinkers in a row, though. So that's why I'm positive that game two, he'll be a different player. Uh, and, and he may be the type of guy who likes to stick his toe in the water to ga- gauge the temperature. I think that is what I've seen out of him to try to figure out where his sweet spot is. This one just got away from him again in game one. And in the past, things like this have happened. Yeah, they attacked him too. They weren't going yeah. to they, they weren't gonna let him play at his pace. They tried to speed him up. He definitely struggled with it. And now they've got to make the adjustment for game two. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's grab some calls here as we've been discussing the NBA throughout most of the first hour. We'll go to Jay in Chicago. Go ahead, Jay. He's about to come on with some hate. Yeah, bring it. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, first time, long time. Before I get to my irrational take, I just want to say blessings and prayers to KJ and Zubin and your guys' uh, each stage. My rational take is that the Suns went in sixth, due in part to DeAndre Ayton establishing himself as the leader in the center court, as well as Alec Burke going crazy while the Lakers struggled to get any help off the bench. Also, I'm from Chicago, so D-Rose, Chicago loves you. Let's go. I mean, D-Rose had a really good game one for the Did he just say Alec Burks? But I thought he he said, was he he talking about the Knicks? Yeah, I got really confused. confused. He went Alec Burks while talking Lakers or Suns and then then jumped to D-Rose, which is fine. But but still, Suns winning this in six. The Suns definitely felt a little bit of disrespect. That's cool, though. No doubt about it. You see that all the time. Yeah. I watched the Sixers and Iverson take care of the Lakers, and then then, it was a a wrap. Can I tell you guys something that happened, though, that it, it, it made everybody, I'm just like, oh. Because this narrative is going to happen again. CP3 getting hurt in the playoffs, man. Like it, it's He stayed like, you know, in, though. Well, he got back in the I, game. I know but he got back in the game, but it was – you could obviously tell he was affected. I mean, there were a lot of – he made one shot down the stretch where you're like, I can't believe that went in. But, he, I mean, he was turning the ball over. He was loose with the ball because he couldn't actually have that same pop. He was having a difficult time shooting. How will that affect this what team What was it, an AC joint? It was, I don't know what, what they it's, say it's it was. shoulder, his neck, shoulder. something around Yeah, there. now, yeah. now, but, Jay, what did Stinger, you think? Stinger, maybe. Jay, what did you think yeah. of, though, later in the game when he – and it caused a little bit of a fracas. In fact, uh, who was it that was thrown out? It was a campaign that was thrown out. Um on the free throw, box out. Oh, with LeBron. oh, he got under LeBron, and then LeBron went down for a minute as well, and that set off a couple of pushes and shoves with Caruso, Payne, and then Montrezl Harrell. I love CP3. CP3 is a crazy competitor, but CP3 is also the dude in college that hit somebody in the yep. in, in yes. the, that area with a closed fist, yeah, right? Like it, it's, that's who CP3 is. Like he's always gonna do. Did it hurt LeBron to that extent? I'm not sure. Um, but, I mean, that, that's, that's the way CP3 plays ball. Mm. That's take, the way CP3 plays ball. Let's take some more calls here. We go to – actually, let me point this out, too. So, we talked about Giannis, right? And we haven't really gotten deep in, in, too deep into him yet. But we did discuss uh, him not coming through in the clutch once again for the Bucks and free throws and everything else. And him making a quarter of a billion dollars now with the Bucks. Troy asks on Twitter, do you guys think AD is worth $200 million on his next contract? Key? On his next or this one? Well, the next uh, he's going to be getting, you know. Well, right? he, no, he just yeah. got it. Did he get two hundred? Like I think he's max? super maxed out, right? Whatever the case is, I'll, yeah. I'll find out. He'll I, be I worth he it did. because they're giving it to him. So yes, he'll be worth it. Uh, obviously, if the Lakers and Genie yeah. Bus and, and and Rob Palinka want to sign him that's to a not an answer. Deal, yes, that's he's worth it. He, he signed an eighty-five million yeah. dollar oh, so he did contract it. extension. So he right. only did a short-term deal. Yes. Yeah, he'll be worth. He'll be worth it. Who, who no, else no, you no, give no. it, it to? You got to give it to him. It was a five-year uh, 189. 
So, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Whatever the numbers so are, he's, he's worth right. every yeah, single right. penny right. that they're right. giving him. He's worth every single penny they're giving him. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you mean it? The question you? is, can he deliver us a championship when LeBron James yeah. decides that? He wants to hang him up. The bigger question is, That's is can what, he but, attract another star to play with him? And you absolutely. bring up Booker. Again, there's yeah. the – Well, Kendall Jenner will have to do something with us. and We got her handled. <laughs> we, 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 we got that handled. And then Booker's there. So we hey, got that handled. Don't even worry him, about it. He you gotta, spends you a lot of time him, in Pete. L.A. You got to surround him. You know, you got you to yeah. bring pressure from multiple angles. He wants to be a star. He wants the TMZs of the world to chase him around. <laughs> That's why he deals with them. So he can be a part of that. Let's take but, let's take Trey in uh, South Carolina. Trey, yo, what's going on, y'all? How uh, you doing? Man, Anthony Davis has got to be way better in Game Two for the Lakers to be able to do anything in this series. Absolutely. He's got to show up. Like like he said, he's got to show up to the party. If Anthony Davis don't show up to the party, the Lakers is going home early. Yeah, the, the, the fallout Jay is going to be if if for some reason we go down O two. And we don't come out of this, it's on him. It ain't gonna be on LeBron, it's gonna be on him. No matter what he does, if we go down 0-2, that noise is gonna get loud. Can I ask you, can Andre Drummond be can can he coexist with Anthony Davis nope. on the court in this series? It nope. doesn't seem like it. Can't yeah. play together, man. You know, we, we, like we talked about that last night when A D was involved in a pick and roll, you had Andre Drummond in the short cut corner, like right around the box Allen. And it, it, it just it shrinks the whole floor, man. Mm-hmm. It leaves them no room to operate. Like, he, it, they are better when AD is at the five. And you can even make the case that when Marcus Sowell is on the floor, even though he's a liability from a pick-and-roll perspective, his passing and his shooting continues to allow space for AD to work down low on the block. Yeah, it's, And when AD's the at the five, AD has to – he can still take his jumpers if he chooses to do so. But you gotta, when you get down there on the block – you got to become aggressive. That's that's, that's kind of the balance, yes. right? Is that is that Drummond at least gives you the big, strong body, the rebounder, and and you know a guy that can affect at least affect the paint. He's but not then a great AD rim protector. Wants to stay out there with the little guys, exactly. You can't do it. But then if you play small because they don't work together, you're asking AD to do things that he just not doing, which is the physicality doing, and everything. It, else. It's not that he can't do it; he's the just for, not doing it. Yeah, not yet. But Alan, I did want to say this though. Right. It was last summer. And there's a lot of trash talk around Devin Booker complaining about getting double teamed in pickup basketball. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. Like a lot of everybody, oh, it's yeah. just pickup basketball. He got double teamed in the playoffs and he still put in 30 plus points. Like that's how talented Devin Booker is. He's going to be a great Laker. Like, I can't it, wait. It, <laughs> it's scary how, how good this dude is on uh, the national stage. I've been trying to say it. Remember, he got mad at me when I put him number one on my power rankings of under, yes. was it under 20? five or whatever it was. Let's go, Kendall. Let's get this it. done. I think he's a fantastic player. All right, is Phil Mickelson's major, his major victory at the age of 50. Why are we say 50s old, Bobby? I don't like this. More impressive than the one well, Tiger won two years ago. That's next. Don't say it. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN <laughs> App. What was he about to say? About to say old I'm Greeny, and it is the best sports weekend of the year. Monday, we're back in better than ever, covering all the NBA playoff action, big baseball series, and more. See you then. Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. believed for a long time that I could play at this level again. I just didn't see why it couldn't be done. Hall of Famer, 50 years old, you know the resume, you know the storylines, and Sunday is somehow exceeding expectations. Although I believed it until I actually did it, there was, um, there was a lot of doubt, I'm sure. Phil Mickelson is the champion of the 103rd PGA Championship. I don't know how to describe the feeling of excitement and accomplishment. Certainly one of the moments I'll cherish my entire life. Ridiculous. No, they say 50. I've had He's it. able to walk at the age of I 50, as Pat Costello, our producer, I, just I said. Can't, yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't take this anymore. We, we've got to discuss this a little deeper, and let's talk to Michael Collins about this, our ESPN senior golf analyst who joins us right now on the Goodyear hotline. Michael, he's 50. He's not 85 with a cane. Can, I mean, can you explain to me why we're, we're marveling at something? Obviously, him winning a major, it's a big story. It's great. It's been eight years. I understand that. But we're talking about it as if he's got a walker and, he, you know, and, and he's had two hip replacements. Michael, please help me with this. Um, well, here's the deal, though, man. It, it is Phil Mickelson, and no one – over 48 has ever done that before. So it is a big deal. It, it does matter. And it is like, remember, it's 156 dudes that he beat, and he beat dudes that were more than half his age or less than half his age. You know what I mean? So it's not – I don't think you're, you're looking at it the right way. And here's the deal. And it's also – it sounds a little bit like – Maybe, just maybe, you know, somebody who's 
a little past 40 themselves is like, hey, I ain't dead yet. We still got <laughs> Come much. on, man. Like, seriously. That's, look, take it easy. But that's the thing. Like, man, in, in this sport, once you get past 46, I mean, you saw, look, Jack Nicholas when he won the Masters at 46, they still talk about that's one of the greatest Masters ever. And, you know, the greatest story in sports would have been if Tom Watson at 59 would have won the Open Championship. But it didn't happen. So if you want to know how historical this really is, and I'm not saying, like, Phil's got to walk. you got to remember, like, <laughs> chubby Phil was making fun of himself at the Open just a little while ago. Like, not too much, not too long ago, he was, like, really making fun of himself for being chubby and all that kind of stuff. This dude has worked his behind off to get to where he's at at 50 years old, about to turn 51. And so the accomplishment was historical enough that you couldn't believe the amount of players and caddies that came out and stood behind 18, kind of up by the clubhouse, watching this happen. Because even they understood that Phil, it's not that he couldn't do it, but that statistically it should not have happened. And so that's the thing. It's not like, you know, hey, Phil's 50, he's going to dinner at 3.30, he loves tapioca now. Like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? Michael, what, what, was your, what, what were your thoughts on the crowds and some of the comments that Brooks Kepka made uh, just about how relentless the crowd was behind Phil? Well, it's two things. Number one, that was the closest to normal that I've felt on a golf course since the pandemic shut everything down at the Players' Championship Mm -hmm. last year. And it felt amazing. There was nothing better than walking around that golf course and hearing roars coming from all over the place. And that was absolutely amazing. Brooks Koepka is a dude who's used to having that intimidation factor. And that would have worked against everybody except one guy. And it was the guy he was paired with. And that's Phil Mickelson. Why? Because people love Phil. I mean, love. Phil's the only dude that I saw get applause coming out of a port john at a tournament <laughs> one time. Like, that's the kind of adulation and adoration that people have for Phil Mickelson. They, they love this dude. And also, Phil's going up against Tiger, who's a much more intimidating figure than what Brooks Kepka is right now, and he, he just ain't going to get there yet. So Phil already knows all the tricks. Like, you're not going to intimidate me, son. Like, good try. Like, all right, you cool. You, you bowed up. Whatever. It don't affect me at all. And the crowd also understood that, yes, it would have been historical in the sense that Brooks could have became the sixth person to ever win the PGA three times, but it's Phil Mickelson. Like, you're going to have people not rooting for you there, and I don't know if Brooks had ever really gone through it to that extent before. Now, that being said, what happened on 18, Uh I don't think the PGA of America was prepared for. I don't think security was prepared for it. Um, You see at the Open Championship, you know, on the 18th, when a guy's coming up there and he's going to win in the final group and there's no other groups behind him, you know, there's security and they put a rope across. And that 
similar a similar thing happened when Tiger won the tour championship in Atlanta, where Tiger and Rory and their caddies were in front of the crowd and stayed in front of the crowd. So it was never any like there was never any worry. But man, believe me when I tell you, plenty of us that were standing back behind eighteen when that crowd after Phil and Brooks hit their second shots and they rushed and like Phil, Tim, his caddy, Brooks and Ricky, Brooks's caddy, they vanished. And there was a time, I'm looking at another player and caddy and I was like, uh, I, I hope they come out. Like, is they, are they going to let them through? Like, does the crowd know they still got finished like the ball, not in the hole. And then, you know, the police were trying to keep people back away from the greens. And then the other conversation that we had was, you know, what happens if they, if that crowd rushes the green, like how are you going to stop them without bad things happening? Right. So I think Brooks, it's hard, especially when, when you lose, when you lose, if you make comments, then it's very easy for people to go, oh, he's just a crybaby because he lost, right? Nah, stop being a crybaby. But in a situation like that, especially when people have been drinking all day and the sun's been out, like people can do some stupid things when they think they're being cute and funny. And it's not cute and it's not funny, even if you're with your friends around there and even if your friends are like, hey, don't, yeah, don't do that. Like that, in a situation like that, it can get real dangerous and out of hand really fast. So, while it was amazing to have the crowd like that, there was a few moments when it was nervous, like, oh, no, please don't let this be ruined by somebody being stupid. And I think in the future, you know, because of where we are and hopefully where we're all going, you know, with this pandemic trying to get it behind us, that in a situation like that in the future that it will be handled differently and I don't, I'm not trying to point fingers or put blame on anybody. It's just one of those things that in a historical moment like that, I just don't think anyone was prepared for that amount of, oh, my gosh, let's get up there and be a part of this. So, you no, know, Brooks was not unjustified in kind of saying what he was saying because um, I was nervous for him. And, and I wouldn't have been – I would not have wanted to be down there in that mash of people as the rush happened. It just – it's it's fun once you get out of it, but it's not fun when it yeah. happens because there is that little bit of panic that sits in where you go, right. am I going to be okay? So I would say, you know, that's a long-winded way of saying both. It was awesome that the crowd was there. It was not awesome kind of how things happened that rush to the 18th yeah. when they were walking up to the green. Michael, what's Sorry. more impressive, though, now? Broke down Tiger Woods in 2019 or old man Phil in 2021? Oh, man, Phil, that was pretty funny. Uh, Phil, this is not even close. This is not even close. Why? I mean, because Ty, it's, again, Ty, think about the age and the historical value of it. Uh, let me put it this way. In the history, in the history books, Phil's is more impressive because it's never been done before by somebody his age. To us and how we feel, like our field is, man, the fact that Tiger got across the finish line again after everything that he went through, but that was 
more injury related than anything else. Like if Tiger hadn't got injured, like if he hadn't done all the stuff that he was doing training wise and then hurt himself and played hurt through Brooklyn, like I would say, I would, I would put it in this order. Tiger winning in 08 on the broken leg. That's the U S open at Tory. That's no, that's tops. Phil, Behind that, winning yesterday, and then Tiger in 19, right below that. I'm not saying that it's a – I shouldn't have said, like, it's a, that's a huge difference between them because it's not. It's close, and it, it's arguable, but I still think Phil's win at 50 years old. And, listen, here's the other thing. If anybody, if anybody on Monday would have been like, yo, Phil Mickelson is taking this thing, Either their last name was Mickelson or when they were asked the question, Phil was standing next to him off camera, right? No one was going to be like, yo, Phil can still take this. Where in 19, everyone coming into it was like, listen, if there's one place that Tiger's going to be able to get it done, it will be Augusta. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he did it, the stars aligned because so many guys made mistakes coming down a stretch. But, like, Phil, no one – no one did any – not four guys didn't do stupid stuff coming down the stretch. Like, Phil just played yeah, better play. than everybody else. Yeah, All right. well, that, I mean, And our, so that's, that's the other thing. Our producer, Evan, uh, was making this case this morning. Evan, did you want to Yeah, I'll help Michael in? with the case for Phil, too. Like, here's why Phil's more impressive than Tiger. As Michael said, Tiger was trending this direction. He had top six in the last two majors. He had just won the tour championship the year before. Phil was nowhere to be found. I mean, I know he won on the Champions Tour this year, but nobody thought he was going to win. This is the longest course in major championship history at a course they've only played one other time in a major. Tiger had played Augusta a hundred times. The pin placements are the same every year. Players came back to the field, and Phil ran away and won this one, whereas you can make the argument in 19, other guys lost it so Tiger could win. Wow. I mean, Tiger still played – don't get me wrong. Now, Tiger still had to get the job done at Augusta, and that's exactly what he did. He flipped back into old Tiger mode from 12 on and let everybody else make the mistakes. But that's what – that was his M.O. all along when he was winning majors before. Other guys would make mistakes, and he just wouldn't. And so that's, that was the great win in, in 19. But, yeah, that's – Evans, is, is, he's exactly right. Look, Tiger, it's not like Tiger just came out of nowhere. Tiger had been playing good and had won against other guys. Yes, Phil won twice on the Champions Tour. But that'd be like that'd be like Key playing flag football and then going and catching the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl and being like, yeah, but he was playing good at flag football. Man, it's completely different. It is not the same thing. You know, y'all talking about like, you say that I'm 50 years old, he ain't dead. But the only oh, guys on. that he was I, beating Michael, were, the, were those old guys. I can't, I can't take it. I just can't. I cannot take it anymore. Michael, thank you so much. We love having you on. But you're agreeing with Evan, and you keep talking about how 50 is old. What are we learning about athletes today? Not Do not old. go gentle into is, that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Is, and this segment, by the way, is, is dying old. of the light. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Phil should go pick up the Social Security. Oh, shit, I just stopped. Phil Mickelson's Jeez. win at the PGA Championship is today's overnight delivery brought to you by USPS. Business is changing, and USPS is changing with it. 
Find out how at usps.com slash new roots. The United States Postal Service, priority you. Okay, why Denver, the perfect spot. Speaking of old men, I roll. Aaron Rodgers, that is after Sports Center. Rage against the dying of the light. You know what I'm even saying there? Phil Mickelson, speaking of brilliance, yes, golf's oldest major champion. I don't know how he did it. Climbed out of his wheelchair, took his walker, and somehow made it. Hoisted the Wanamaker Trophy 16 years after the first time he did that in eight years since his last major championship. He wins the PGA on Sunday. Once again, the oldest major champion in golf history. How he did it is just amazing. He did enter the tournament, though, 200 to 1 odds at Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill. It's the longest odds by a major winner since Louis Oosthuizen won in 2010 at the Open Championship. He was also a 200-1. That is what's really most impressive. Here's Phil talking with Gene Wojciechowski about what this win means to him. It's possible, Gene, that this is the last term I ever win. It's, it's possible. It's also possible that I had a, a bit of a breakthrough in some of the things that I'm working on, on, on being able to stay uh, more focused and more present, might send me on uh, a little run for a couple of years. I, I don't know. But either way, I'm going to cherish this week and this moment. Absolutely should. Gene Wojcikowski is going to join us at 810. Stay tuned, certainly, for that. To the NBA playoffs, top-seeded Jazz dropped game one to the Grizzlies. Look at Memphis. 112-109. Donovan Mitchell held out of Utah's loss. Remember, he missed the final 16 games of regular season due to a sprained right ankle. He did return to practice Thursday, was hoping to play, but... Right before the game, he was a late scratch. Dylan Brooks for the Grizz. Game high, 31 points, most by a Memphis player in his postseason debut. The Jazz, by the way, missed 35 threes, the most in a playoff game in franchise history. Javier Baez, two-run home run to break a scoreless tie in the 10th. Cubs won 2-1 over the Cardinals. Baez, seventh career home run in extra innings. The only players in Cubs history with more. Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, Ron Santo, and Sammy Sosa. Cubs win their ninth one-run game this season, tied for third most in the majors. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk. Time for some Straight Talk. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth, good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. So into the NFL, or back to the NFL, I should say, we go in the conversation, more old men, why not? When we talk about Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay, and of course, then we'll talk young, and that is Jordan Love and what he is going to do in OTAs and what he's going to show, and can he prove that he can be that guy that takes the torch if it eventually has to happen. Dan Orlovsky, our ESPN football analyst, joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. So, Dan, uh, I imagine whether we have to see Jordan Love at some point, don't we? regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers, is it likely he'll play even if Aaron Rodgers is still with Green Bay? No, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is with Green Bay this year, barring any kind of an injury or maybe like a blowout situation, Jordan Love isn't going to see the field. Um, you know, Alan, the really interesting thing for the whole situation as it sit here at the back end of May is this. Um, what happens if the, the grass is not greener for Aaron Rodgers, right? And this is why a name that is really important in this whole situation is Dave Dunn, who's Aaron Rodgers' agent. He was my agent in football, athletes versus the company, right? And so 
relationships that he has within the NFL that he's talked with teams over the past couple le- weeks, what happens if he goes back to Aaron Rodgers and says, hey, the only team that's really going to make an offer to the Packers worthy of anything that they're going to entertain is the Raiders? Like, how bad do you really want out of Green Bay? Because you're not winning the Super Bowl with the Raiders. So is it you want out of Green Bay at all costs? Or do you want out of Green Bay and it's got to be a part of a, a chance to be a winner, right? A Super Bowl winner. And I think that's where, you know, the agent relationship comes into play. The really interesting thing about the Jordan Love aspect, and Dominic Foxworth reminded us about this in production meetings this morning, Jordan Love didn't dress last year. He didn't even dress for an NFL football game. And so he's walking out to OTAs today for the Green Bay Packers. Right now is like the starting quarterback on the field. They haven't even seen him put a jersey on on Sundays. And so, like, there is a, a lot of pressure on him to show up and, and kind of start to show some of the progress. They're gonna, they would have wanted to see it anyway. But given the situation and the first time he's kind of walking out there as the guy, so to speak, there's a lot of pressure for him to kind of show, okay, I, I was a little bit worthy of that first-round pick. Yeah, Dan, it's the OTAs, though, right? I mean, like, right. is Devontae Adams going to come every single day or is he going to show up once every other day? Like, it's OTAs. Like, really, what are you going to see? You're going to see him get in and out of the huddle with T-shirts and shorts on. So if their measuring <laughs> right. stick is OTAs for Jordan Love, then him – He's in trouble, and the organization is in trouble. The best thing, from as far as I can see, is to move Aaron Rodgers and find your best suitor. And with that being said, who are some of the suitors that could possibly be out there outside of the Raiders? Yeah, so I think the NFC is dead, Key. Like, you ain't trading. If you trade him yeah. to the NFC, then you got major issues at general manager. And so then I think the question you as an organization of an AFC team has to go, do we have a young player at the position – that we think has a bright future because then it becomes, is it worth giving up on that young player and the picks to acquire Aaron Rodgers? And so that's why like the Cleveland Browns, I say no, because Baker's got a bright future. I see three teams. Two of them are locks, the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. Neither of them have young players that you think has a really bright future in the league, right? Drew Locke has got so many question marks. And Derek Carr is a good player, like a, like, a, like a really solid player, but I think we know what he is, right? And so those two teams sit there and go, we don't have a young guy at the position that we really are in love with for the future. And then the third team would be the Miami Dolphins because Tua is a guy that I, you know, like you could be on the fence about. You know, you could sit there and go, man, I think he's going to be solid or I think this kid's got a chance to be special. And that's only for the Dolphins to figure out. But those are the three teams that I think should at least be having the conversation of, is it worth us going to get Aaron Rodgers? Dan Orlowski, what, what side of the fence are you on about Tim Tebow? Are you, are, are you happy about it? Are you disappointed? How do you feel? Um, I'm kind of indifferent about it, Jay. Like, dude, it's nepotism and cronyism. Welcome to the world, you know? Um, you know, I, I could tell you, you know, Plenty of coaches that had jobs because they had buddies in the NFL and they were underqualified. Um, I get it. It's Tim Tebow. I don't expect him to make the football team or even really make a run at making the football team. He hasn't been great at football in 12 years, you know, so I don't think that it's all of a sudden he's going to become a great football player again. I don't think this has any impact on Trevor Lawrence whatsoever. The Jacksonville Jaguars were taking Trevor Lawrence to be the next John Elway, the next Peyton Manning. If this has a negative impact on Trevor Lawrence and his development, that he was never going to be those guys. Yeah. Wow. Dan, should the, should, Dan, should the Falcons 
be trying to trade Julio Jones, mm. man, or should they just sit tight while they got Matt Ryan and let the chips fall where they may? Um, I would sit here and say, no, do not trade Julio Jones, because I think that football team is better than their record was last year, and you didn't move on from Matt Ryan. Now, maybe it was because Trey Lance went and you didn't have the quarterback that you wanted, so to speak, but I think they're a better football team than their record was last year. But that's also with the asterisk key, and you know this, of like, what are you going to get for him, right? Yeah. Because if someone's going to offer you X, and yeah, surely you entertain it. Now, um, I've, I've seen a lot of people throw out some, like, rookie quarterback teams that should be going to get Julio Jones. And I always get cautious with that because when these – like, let's take the Baltimore Ravens, right? And everyone's like, man, Baltimore, that's the missing piece. And I get that. The only caveat I have with that stuff is Julio Jones is going to cost you – you know, probably two first-rounders, so to speak, right? And they're on the verge of paying Lamar Jackson. And I always get cautious with, we're about to pay a quarterback a gajillion dollars, and we know what that does to our roster, and I don't like giving up those really important assets to refurbish the talent of our roster when we've given our young quarterback so much money. And I actually look at the opposite and going, is there a veteran-led team, quarterback-wise, that can go, you know, say, all right, that's maybe a missing piece. One, if I was the Green Bay Packers, I'd be on the phone with Aaron Rodgers. Hey, if we go get Julio Jones, will that give you the incentive mm-hmm. to stay? Um, I don't see the San Francisco 49ers because they don't have any first-round picks. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, you know, now that they've got a – again, they've got a playoff-caliber football team. Can we go get Julio Jones? If the New England – I think the AFC is a three-class team right now. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I think it's the Cleveland Browns. And I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs. If the New England Patriots go get Julio Jones, it becomes a four-team class because their offensive line is going to be so dominant that you'd go, holy smokes, how do we stop this offense with Julio on the outside? Dan, thanks so much as always. Be good, guys. All right, Dan Orlowski on the Goodyear. The uh, Daniel Orlowski. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. He said he hasn't been great at football in 12 years. Uh, it's just, uh, but former MVP, yeah, who is more likely than not to be traded, will tell you who that is after Jay has this from Indeed. Need to hire people fast? Indeed can help you beat the clock with powerful hiring tools like Instant Match. It's easy. Just sponsor a job and Indeed will send you a list of resumes from Indeed's database on the spot. They also have 135 skills tests for things like computer proficiency or customer service talent so you can find the right candidates faster. Did you know Indeed hires 10 hires are made every minute on Indeed? Just goes to show you that when people need people for work, Indeed got that work. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Michael is in Queens. Michael, what's up, man? And as far as key goes and the diva, key, you're so diva, it's more like Kiva should be your new name. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... 
Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Let's do this, A to Z, a very busy sports weekend, no doubt about it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in for Zubin, and let's talk a little baseball. So, Buster only insists now, despite the fact the Cubs are in second place in the division, they've had some, they've had a really nice start to the season. It's more likely than not that the Cubs are going to trade Chris Bryant by the deadline. Here he is on SportsCenter with Randy Scott. He's eligible for free agency in the fall, which means sometime in the next six to eight weeks, The Cubs have to make a decision about whether or not to trade him, and it's more likely than not that they do trade him because they're going to want to take advantage of his current value. Look, Chris Bryant won the MVP in 2016, but the 2021 version of Bryant is the best that we've ever seen. A 308 average, 1,023 OPS. He made changes with his swing. He's more upright. He's attacking high fastballs better. It was interesting, during the wintertime when the Cubs were cutting payroll and had him out in the trade market, there wasn't that much interest in him. There would be this summer if the Cubs actually put him out there. Think about this, Brian, Baez, Rizzo, the only remaining members of the championship infield from 2016. They all can walk away as free agents after the season. Watch the Mets, by the way, when it comes to Brian. The MLB Weekend Recap brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. So, guys, another like I said, this weekend, as we continue to go to A to Z, we saw at the PGA crowd around 18. 
right? The, and everybody just storming onto the green. You heard Michael Collins talk about how it was a bit jarring for them to see Brooks Kepka, who also talked about how he has a bad knee and people are bumping into him. And, and it was just jarring to see all these people converging in a, sport, yeah. in a sporting event. Madison Square Garden, 15,000 people loud in Phoenix, in, in a lot of arenas around the NBA, bigger crowds, larger crowds. Barclays Center in Brooklyn, the same thing, uh, over 10,000 in that building as well. It's, we felt like for the first time in a long time coming back to normalcy in sports. Yeah, Phoenix. And, and that also includes being sports parents and going to events with your kids and – being around other people as you watch your kids like you did this weekend. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to be on the AAU circuit, <laughs> the AAU basketball circuit. I took my son this weekend. We went to and from Philadelphia uh, in certain parts of Jersey area because you got to bounce around. South Jersey, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. South Jersey, bounce mm-hmm. around at different events. Uh, it, you know, that was hold, holding the event, different field houses. And then we were at the convention center. It was crazy, though. Like, just – you know, my oldest son, I did AAU with, but I don't remember it being like this. Because he was also in high school, so it was a little bit different. Yeah. But this one, everybody's kid was going to the NBA. This is like, like eight-year-olds? Eight, nine-year-old. Eight, the parents, man, and some of these coaches, I thought the coaches, some of them had bonuses in their contracts the way they were <laughs> screaming and yelling and cursing. And one dad, you had a, you got a lot of daddy ball, though, like, Dad's the point – kid's the point guard. The father's the coach. Yeah. He's shooting every single time. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of that going on. But it's just the whole, you know, people so into it to the point of no return. Like, do you not realize there was thousands of kids? And out of those thousands of kids, there's probably a handful that'll get an opportunity to play professional basketball, not NBA – professional, which means they could go overseas, they could go to the G League, and you try to – you sit back and you're looking at the parents and, but you know, <laughs> I'm analyzing it and I'm like, they're eight years old. But you're looking at it You're looking at it from a perspective of a professional athlete and they're a dad. eight. Yes. And nine. But understand that for, for some of the parents, they're not thinking about, hey, he's going to be a pro. They're living in the moment right now. The screaming. They're living in the, in the moment. One father – I almost got up and said something, but I don't want to get in his business because he literally had the little boy crying. It was crazy, Well, man. he was yelling at his kid, you mean? Cursing at him, yelling at yeah, him, yeah, yeah. screaming and hollering. That's, that's, if that's, you follow uh, him again like that, and that Key. I was like, oh, my God, can you believe? I can't believe what I'm seeing. Key, I don't need you to go to any more AAU events because eventually what's going to happen, you're going to meet that parent. That if his kid starts to give your kid work, oh, oh my! Yeah, I, I don't, don't know if you felt this yet. I, I know, but that. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I've seen it get so because like, oh yeah, give Keyshawn Johnson. He think he nice. Give that kid the work. He ain't no Johnson. Oh, I'm telling you, it's oh, gonna happen it eventually. Was, I Key. saw phrasing. I saw all everything you could think of, Jay. I saw this week, and then you know I'm, you know I, look, I walked into the building and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I get to watch some basketball. Within. Five minutes of being there, I appreciate everybody that listens to the show, see me on TV over the years, oh, whatever yeah. the case may be. But I'm trying to watch the damn games. And then you get the parents and people, kids. There's a reason my fist is balled up. I'm not trying to shake your hand. You, I'm trying to extend the fist bump. I don't want to shake. There's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
No, I'm here, man. <laughs> we're good. We're good here. <laughs> See, Alan, I learned a lesson. I can never say give give that Johnson the work again. I can't say it. Oh, hey, you crazy. Yeah, I can't. You I did, can't. Though. See, this is what happens no, on our show. You did. You, you all right, did. but I was talking about Keyshawn. It was a lot. Yeah, but in I'm all done. honesty, though, the you know, little kids out there, it was a whole ridiculous. lot of Jay Wheels. Yeah? A lot of pop, 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 passing. It was one little kid. It's, it's oh, amazing. my God. Yeah, Why does he have to be little? Why does he have to be little? Well, I'm not your size. I'm just talking about, like, really ridiculous. Hey, Nick's Hawks was a great series. Let's discuss next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.